0: This is Redefining the Counterculture on Witten Radio. Make sure to check out our website
1: at wittenradio.com.
0: to the great leaders, MLK, Malcolm X. That was what they did. They went into the community, rebuilt hope, and helped people identify
1: their community leaders.
0: All right, we're here with uh, children's author and Emmy-nominated journalist, Katina Rankin. Katina, how are you today? I'm
1: good. a little tired, but I'm
0: good. Good, good. I'm super excited to talk to you a little bit about your book, Um, Emmett Till, Sometimes Good Can Come Out of a Bad Situation. Um, So for those of us that know the story of Emmett Till, um his his story his legacy is still a hot button issue um these many years later um you can say that he was one of the catalysts that helped to spark the civil rights movement um when a person sees the title and they see that it's a children's book it can be a little off-putting to some people they get kind of tense um what would you say to the people that you know are just seeing the title of your book and just seeing that it's a children's book what would you like them to know
1: well two things And that's the title of the book. Emmett Till. That's the first thing that I want them to know because Emmett Till must never be forgotten. Secondly, the subtitle is Sometimes Good Can Come Out of a Bad Situation. And even though Emmett's story is a difficult one to tell, right? Mm -hmm. Something did come out of it that was good. And that was the Civil Rights Movement. It had begun, but Emmett was sort of used as a sacrificial lamb. And his death catapulted others to action. Look at Rosa Parks. And part of the reason why she said she decided to not give up her seat that night on that bus was because she thought about Emmett. So, sometimes good can come out of a bad situation.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. The subject matter of T- Emmett Till's life and death is still really, really um, hard for a lot of people to, to just to recount and to relive. Um, being that you're the author of this book and that you wrote this book, I think it took you over a year to write it. Um, was it particularly hard for you, arduous, knowing what happened to this little boy?
1: It was very difficult. And to be honest with you, um, I'm from Mississippi. I'm a Mississippi girl. And so every summer growing up, there would be this documentary that would come on about Emmett. And my mother and my grandmother would make sure that my siblings and I watched it. So I already knew the story of Emmett. Well, when I got in television news, it seems like every station that I went to, I was having to cover some story about Emmett, be it his anniversary or something new with the case or lack thereof. And so when the interpretive center opened, in Sumner, Mississippi. I thought, okay, I have to do something with this. And so I came home and I wrote the first line of the book because I heard God say, write a children's book. And for a year, 365 days, I would look at the first sentence of the book, which was, Mommy, what's wrong with his face? And I could not decide how to tell this story in a kid-friendly way. So it took a lot of prayer. Because most people don't hear about Emmett until they are in high school, if then. Nine times out of 10, they're in college. And so I wanted to introduce a whole new generation to Emmett. And I think in this political climate, that now was the time, because we're dealing with social inequality and we're dealing with racism. And so God finally gave me the words. I'll never forget it. I went to bed about 2 a.m. And around 4 a.m. he woke me up and he said, write. And I said, write what? And he said, write the words that I give you. And so I picked up my phone, which was beside me, and I wrote the children's book. Hmm.
0: This piggybacks off the last question, um, but when you were writing the book, obviously it probably opened up some feelings. Um, You know, that I would imagine for, you know, the family of Emmett Till, Emmett Till himself, and then the people, the perpetrators that were behind this. Um, To date, if I'm correct, there has been no legal action taken against Carolyn Bryant, the woman that gave the the statement um, that, you know, ultimately led to this young young boy's death. Um, How did you handle all of those barrage of emotions? Because... There's no way that you can tell this story and not be moved by it in some way. What was it that just kept you anchored and that just kept your emotions at bay long enough to write this book?
1: Prayer? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the honest answer because growing up, um, when we would watch the documentaries and we would see his disfigured face, uh, I would have nightmares as a child. Um, And then when I went down to cover the interpretive center and I asked to trace his final footsteps and I was able to do that I went to the Bryant grocery store Uh, from there I went to his uh, Uncle Moe's Wright's home or where it used to be and I imagined him being pulled out of the bed out of that house and then we drove to that barn in Drew, Mississippi and um, I stood there inside the barn because it's exactly the same the only thing that's different is that they pulled up the floor that was there and you could feel Emmett's presence there if you're connected spiritually then you know what I'm talking about and what was so ironic of being in that barn is that at one point they had lied when they had threw Emmett into the back of that truck and blood was leaking and they had him covered they were saying that it was just a deer back there well it happened to be a deer's head drying in a tree beside that barn that day. And so you just sort of sat there and you reflected and you took it all in. And from there, we went to Gildora, Mississippi, where that cotton gin was. Because we know that he went, J.W. Milam and Roy Bryant went into there, uh, that that cotton gin facility, and got a cotton gin out to tie around Emmett's neck because they were getting ready to take him to the Tallahatchie River. So from there we drove to the Tallahatchie River to where they threw uh, his body in there, and then we stood on the banks of where they pulled his body out. And so you just sort of relive the moment. And I came home, and I remember for two weeks not being able to sleep and saying, this is the only civil rights case that I know of in Mississippi that hasn't been solved. Um, What happens... When the newness of this interpretive center wears off and, and people are no longer thinking about Emmett, what's a way to preserve his name? And I thought a way to do that is is to tell the story earlier, introduce a younger generation to it, but do it in a kid-friendly way with all, without all the gruesome details inside of the book. And then it opens up a dialogue for kids to ask their parents and for their parents to talk to them about it. And then it's all, it can also be used as a curriculum inside of a school for a younger generation. And then that set of kids will be able to go to high school and then ask more questions about Emmett. And they'll take it on to college and they'll never forget. And it'll be a story that can be told from generation to generation because we must never forget Emmett and what he meant not just to the civil rights movement, but what he meant to this world. Absolutely.
0: Um, again, going, um, just piggybacking off the last question, um, you have um, a, a really good way of framing a story for, for children, um, which is really, really hard. Um, I, I, I'm a fan of your first book, and I actually have a copy of it um, up north, down south, city <laughs> folks meet country folks. I think it's amazing. Um, why children's books? What what, make, what drew you to this, I guess, medium? Because you've got comic books, you've got audio books, you've got novels, novellas, um, short stories. There's so many ways that you could go and to tell these stories. What draws you to the medium of children's books?
1: I have no explanation besides to say God because I have a manuscript, the first book that I've ever written. It's an adult book. Uh, it's called The Courage to Walk Away. And so I thought that would be the first book that I came out with, and um, in 2016, God told me to publish "Up North, Down South: City Folk Me, Country Folk," and so I did that. And then He said, "Write three children's civil rights books," and so the journey began with Emmett, and that's the first book. Mm -hmm. So I'm not obedient always, (laughs) but I definitely try to be obedient, and so. That's how Emmett Till was birthed.
0: Okay, okay. Um, I love it. Um, on the subject of obedience, uh-huh. um, what advice would you give to, um, because I'm gathering that you are a believer, mm-hmm. um, what advice would you give to somebody that's struggling with trusting God and just doing the right thing, doing, doing what he tells them to do, being
1: obedient? You know, I think the word says it best. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And I think that we all mature differently at different pace um, when we're walking the Christian walk. And I think that you just have to trust God and that you have to have faith. And part of having faith is doing what God tells you to do even when you can't see how it's all going to come together. Like he said that night, pick up your phone and write. If I had not been obedient the book would not have been birthed. Because who's to say when I woke up the next morning that those words would have been there? So do you see why it's important Mm, to be obedient? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you have to trust him, even if it doesn't make sense. Even if you've had less than two hours of sleep, and you're like, I just want to sleep, I don't want to write. You have to do it. So be obedient.
0: Okay, okay. Um, You... Told us about the three children's books you're working on briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that Emmett Till is out now. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us anything about the, the next two books in the series?
1: Well, I'm not going to give it away because they're coming out in July and August, but I will give you a little teaser. If you, the second book, if you can think about a civil rights icon that taught his children to crawl so that we could stand, then you know what the second book is about. The third book, if you can think about a civil rights icon that led a march, but it was one against fear, then you have the subject of the third children's book. And I'm going to leave it right there. In the meantime, I want you to go out and get Emmett Till. Sometimes good can come out of a bad situation.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, Where can our listeners um, purchase the book and where can they find out more about you?
1: Well, they can go to my website, which is com. There you can find out information about me. You can see my stories that I've covered on Emmett Till, as well as other civil rights icons and other stories in general. And, of course, the book is on Amazon.com. And if you go into your bookstores, you can request it. They order it, and they should get it as well. You can do the same for libraries, and they can order the book.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, What's the biggest takeaway? Because you... You hit on this earlier, and I just want to drive the point home because it's, I think it's a very important part, but could you tell us again one more time what's the biggest takeaway that you want people to get from this book when they pick it up and they read it? Because it, obviously it's, it's chock full of history. Um, it's, it's not a, a pleasant history, um, but it's, it's something that needs to be told so that we can influence the next generation of, of kids and people coming up. But you as the author, what would you say is the biggest takeaway that you want people to get from the book?
1: I want them to learn about a 14-year-old boy from Chicago, Illinois, who came down to Money, Mississippi, who was a little stocky, who was a little muscular, but he was a little jokester, and he loved life. And I want them to know who he is. As the hashtag used to say, say his name. I want them to say Emmett Till's name, and I want them never to forget. And I want them to know that sometimes... Good can come out of a bad situation. Thank you so much, Katina. Thank you.